Welcome to Awaken to Grace. Today is part two of a sermon on the coin found in the mouth of the fish in Matthew chapter 17. And what I want to show you today is how the miracle was not in the coin. The miracle is in the omniscience of Jesus, in the fact that he orchestrated every single event to meet the needs, the practical needs that they had. You know, the Lord does the same for our life today. He orchestrates everything. The Lord knows and he understands the needs that you face today. I'm going to show you today why the miracle was not only in the omniscience of Jesus, but it was in the obedience of Peter. And I want to show you how when we live obedient to the Lord Jesus, I'm talking in every detail, in the smallest of details, the way that Peter did in this story. Well, you know what? Just like Peter, we're going to walk in God's favor. We're going to walk in God's blessing. Friends, we're going to walk in God's miracles. Oh, I can't wait to share today with you. If it speaks to you, if it encourages you, if it challenges you or strengthens you, let me know. Reach out to me today. Send me an email at pastorchadroberts at gmail.com. Well, let's go to today's text, Matthew 17, the coin in the fish's mouth on today's broadcast of Awakened to Grace. Satan is a created being. He is not all-knowing, omniscient. He's not all-powerful, omnipotent. He is not everywhere at once the way God is. He's not omnipresent. When our brother and sister return to Africa next week, the Lord's going to be with them just as the Lord is right here with us. Satan does not have that ability. That's why he relies on his kingdom of darkness, Ephesians chapter 6. That's why there is a hierarchy to Satan's kingdom. Because Satan cannot be everywhere at one time. He does not know all things. He is not all powerful. He is not an equal to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's far below. Do you remember last year in our verse-by-verse study of the book of Revelation when he is going to be bound for a thousand years? Do you remember who binds him? Not the Lord Jesus Christ. Simply an angel. He is no match for the Lord Jesus. He is not omniscient. Only the Lord is. And what this text teaches us in verse number 25 is that Christ is omniscient. And so he's going to teach Peter how to think. I love this. He's going to say, Peter, what do you suppose? What do you think? The kings of the earth, do they take toil? Do they take tax from their sons or from others? Now, this is going to be the second time that Peter's challenged. And Peter rightly answers. Uh, that's not in the text. That's just how I picture it going down. Peter's having a rough day, I think. And Peter goes, uh, others. And Jesus said, that's right. Sons don't pay tax. Verse number 26, the point Jesus is making 
is that he is free from all taxes. He's the son of the king, and the king's sons do not pay tax. Boy, wouldn't this be a great verse to bring up with 80-some thousand new IRS agents being hired? Okay. Oh, but don't worry. Your phone calls are going to get answered so much quicker. It's going to be wonderful. I heard someone say that, and I thought, then why are they calling them enforcers? Anyways, anyway. So let's learn something here. Let's learn something. Jesus is not only going to teach Peter how to think. He's going to teach us how to think. Verse number 27. Now, this is highly interesting. Jesus is going to say, sons of the king are free from taxes. However, oh, the howevers of Jesus. However, to not give offense, we're going to pay it. Do you know what Jesus is teaching Peter here? Do you know what Jesus is ultimately teaching us? As believers, we have dual citizenship. We have a citizenship here to our country, to our government, to our responsibilities. We have an earthly citizenship. But we also have a heavenly citizenship. We live in the natural Yet we also live in the supernatural. Amen? And neither, listen, you cannot neglect either the supernatural or the natural. I am not excited at all about these 80-some thousand IRS workers. But I also have no desire to cheat on my taxes. Why? Because as believers, we have a responsibility. And Jesus is teaching in verse 27. Listen, sons of the king, you're free. However, not to cause offense. Pay what is owed. Give what is due. I don't want to be a believer who God looks on one hand and says, Chad, you gave to my kingdom. And you lived a sacrificial life toward my kingdom. But you cheated your government. What a bad testimony. So what do we do? As believers, we understand we live a dual citizenship. As believers, we have responsibility to our earthly citizenship as well to our heavenly citizenship. Well, I'm not getting many amens on this, so we'll move right along in the text. But... Nonetheless, it is true. Amen. So Jesus says, pay the tax. Half a shekel. Jesus has a need. Peter has a need. And he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go fish. Oh, there's some truth right here. Go fish. Take a hook. The first fish you catch, open its mouth. There'll be a shekel there. Pay your tax and pay my tax. Half a shekel, one full shekel. What did we say in the beginning? I think so often we make miracles. We make God's blessings. We make God's provision. We make it far more complicated than what it ought to be. We make it sometimes too simplistic than what it ought to be. 
So what is the answer to God's provision? What is the answer to God's blessings? How do I walk in supernatural miracles in my life? I want to know that. I want to look around and I want to be able to see God do things that I didn't have the ability to do. I want to see God work circumstances. I want to see God open doors. I want to see God bring opportunities. I want to see God advance the kingdom in ways that through my arm, through my flesh, I could have never done on my own. I want blessings to come into my life that are those Deuteronomy 28 blessings that God commands them to overtake me because I don't have the ability to do it. Anybody on the same page with me this morning? How do I walk in that? And I realize that in our audience today, people think one of two things. Either they think God just snaps his fingers and, well, maybe God will and maybe he won't. Maybe I'm lucky and maybe I'm not. And it's just way too simplistic. And if I just quote the right scripture, if I just treat God like a genie, then it's all going to happen. And then others are over here going, it never happened for me. No, neither are true. What happened for Peter? Number one, I want you to note this. Number one, God told Peter to do what he was already good at. God told Peter to go do what he was already good at. Let me ask you a question. Have you found what you're good at? Have you discovered how God's equipped you? How God has gifted you? Do you use your skill sets for the glory of God? You look at a room this size and it's hard telling how many professions are in this room. It's hard telling how many abilities are in this room. Well, let me tell you what Peter's profession was. He was a fisherman by trade. He was not a preacher. He was not an eloquent speaker. As a matter of fact, when he stood trial before the bigwigs in Acts chapter 4, they looked at him and said, this is an uneducated man. What do we say about Jesus bringing people together? He brought a tax collector for Rome and a Jewish zealot together. Well, you think about this. Was Paul not one of the most brilliant analytical minds that ever walked the earth? Peter was one of the most uneducated men that ever walked the earth. He stood before the bigwigs of of Israel and they looked at each other and they said, this is an uneducated guy. There wasn't anything impressive about him. But then they looked at each other and they go, but he's been with Jesus. (laughs) Amen. He's been with Jesus. Do you see the common denominator here? And Jesus can take someone who has a high IQ and someone who's incredibly brilliant like Paul and he can put them right beside an uneducated man like Peter and who still gets the glory? Jesus. I'm telling you, Jesus brings people together. And here Peter is. He's not good at a whole lot. But he can do one thing. He can catch fish. And you know what Jesus tells him to do? Go do what you're good at. Now say amen if you're with me right now. You may be looking for God's blessings and miracles all in the wrong places. You know where God really wants to bless you? Right where you live every day. 
doing what you do every day? What are you good at? What has God gifted you in? What can you do well for the glory of God? Some of you, no matter what it is, and I don't know what it is. Some of you are great with technology. Some of you are great with gardening. Some of you are great with music. Others, are you, others of you are teachers and you're great with teaching. Others of you are great with baking and some are great. Let, let, let me tell you one of, the, one of the greatest ministries going in our church right now. We, we have ladies who just send cards to people. What a gift of encouragement. What a gift of encouragement. Some of you have gifts of hospitality. Some of you have gifts of mercy and compassion. There are literally gifts bursting out of every one of you because it's what God gives you by His Spirit. And you know what I think God would tell you? Go do what you're good at. And as you go do what you're good at, you'll find the favor of God all over you. Some of you are salesmen. Some of you work at banks. Some of you are postal carriers. I'm t- there's all kinds of things in here. And I don't care what your occupation is. I don't care what your skill is. Some of you are carpenters and you're able to work with your hands. Some of you are thinkers and you, you, you create things. It don't matter what it is. The point of the text is God will use you where you are. To do what you're good at. My question to you today is have you ever discovered what you're good at? I'm not asking what you do for a job. I'm asking have you ever discovered what you're good at? You may not be very happy at your place of employment right now. You may not be happy in your environment or what you do for a living right now. But I'm telling you, you with gifts of encouragement, you can use that right where you work. Amen? You with the gift of faith, you can use it right where you are. You with the gifts of intercession, oh, you can use it right where you are. Are you being used by God right where you are? In other words, the miracle wasn't in the coin in the fish's mouth. The miracle was in the omniscience of Jesus telling Peter, this is what I want you to do. And Peter's obedience to go do what he was already good at. In other words, you know where the miracle was found? It was found in the mundane of everyday life. (laughs) Come on now, right? The mundane. The routine. I can't imagine. When When Peter told Jesus to go fish. Now I'm curious about this. I don't know how Peter reacted. I don't know if Peter was like the typical man who was like, yeah, I'll go fishing. Okay. Or if it was so routine to Peter. If it was so mundane to Peter. That Peter's first reaction was, what? That's what I already do all the time. That's not special. Come on. Now say amen if you're with me right now. That's not special. I already do that. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty good at it. Let's drill down just for a moment, a few more minutes on this. Now, there's a twist here that I notice in the text. He not, he not only says, 
go fishing. But how did Peter fish? Anybody remember how Peter fishes? He, with nets. He cast his nets. Jesus doesn't tell Peter to fish like he normally does. I bet when Peter, I bet when Jesus said, okay, Peter, I want you to go fish. I bet the first thing Peter thought was, well, where's my nets? My nets are clean. Let's go. No, no, no. What's he say? He goes, go to the sea, take a hook, and the first fish you catch, there'll be a shekel. What would have happened had Peter go, I don't do good with hooks. I'll do it with a net. That's what I'm good at. Jesus, you remember that time that I almost broke the nets because there were so many fish? I know nets. Jesus, you remember when you called me to follow you? Do you remember what I was doing? I was washing my nets. Jesus, you leave the fishing to me because I'm the expert. Oh, come on now, right? Don't a lot of us act like we're the expert of our life? Don't a lot of us act like we know all there is to know? We know what we're doing. Leave it, leave it to me, Lord. I got this. What God blessed was Peter's strategic obedience. Oh, let me tell you the realm I want to live in. Let me tell you what I want in my everyday, ordinary, mundane, Monday through Sunday life. I want to live in strategic obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. That if God says your routine is right, but I want you to go left, we're going left today. Amen. If God says, I want you to go forward, I want you to go backward, I want you to stand still. It don't matter what God says. I'm going to be obedient in every little detail that God tells me. And if I'm used to nets and God says use a hook, well, today we're using the hook. Amen. I don't want to have an attitude, God. I know what I'm doing. The miracle was in the strategic obedience of Peter to take the smallest of details. Do you remember the story in Luke 5 when Jesus did come to Peter and Peter was fishing with his nets and Peter had fished all night long and had not caught a thing. You remember that? And Jesus said, take us out into the deep. And Peter goes, done been there, bought, done done that, and I got the t-shirt. There's nothing out there. I've done the graveyard shift, and there's no point. Peter could have easily told the Lord, I come back tonight at 7 o'clock, clock in with me. You can hang out with me all night long. But that's not what Peter did. Do you remember what Peter told the Lord? He said, I fished all night long. There's nothing there. Nevertheless, at thy word. Amen. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll do it. And what happened? They nearly broke the nets. Now, when Jesus tells Peter to go fishing, he don't use the nets. He says, use a hook, and the first fish you catch, there'll be a shekel in its mouth. 
Oh, the omniscience of Jesus, the obedience of Peter. You know what it resulted in? A marvelous miracle. You know what? When Peter came home that day, and I think he was mightily intimidated by those tax collectors. And when Jesus addressed him before he even spoke a word to Jesus, Jesus already knew everything going on. You know what? I wonder if Peter thought about that years later when he wrote, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Do you believe that Jesus knows all about your needs today? Do you believe that Jesus knows every practical need you have today? He knows every need in your marriage. He knows every need financially. He knows every health need. He knows every stress. He knows every anxiety. Let me tell you, Jesus knows all about it today. All about it. And you know what he says, 2 Peter 1.3? His divine power has granted to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Now, look at verse 28. Now, this is interesting. I would think that verse 28 would say, And thus, Peter went to the sea. And thus, he caught a fish. And thus, there was a coin. But it doesn't say that. Interestingly, you know what it says? The other disciples began to fight, asking, who is the greatest in the kingdom? You know what I think this suggests? You know, my big question that I'd love to ask, was the tax only paid for Jesus and Peter? That, that's, the, that's what I suppose. What about the tax for all the other disciples? You know what I think the text suggests? I think it suggests that Peter was walking at a whole different level than the other disciples. While they were fighting, he was fishing. Come on now, right? Some of you need to adopt that mentality at your workplace. You need to adopt it with your family, that family you always fight with. Those people you always argue with. Oh, Lord, help us. Those people on social media that you argue with, you need to stop fighting. You need to start fishing. I think Peter was in a whole other realm than the other disciples at this moment, at this point. And you know what? He saw the provisions of God. He saw the blessings of God. Let me tell you, I don't want to entangle myself in all these other things. I want to walk in God's supernatural. Yes, I walk in the natural, but I also live in the supernatural. I'm an earthly citizen, but oh, oh, I'm also a heavenly citizen. The omniscience of Jesus knows every need I have. The Lord only needs one thing out of me. Obedience. And my argument today is God's miracles are not all that simplistic. It's not a genie in the bottle. But neither are His miracles all that complex. You know what brings the miracles of God? You know what brings the favor of God? You know what brings the blessings of God? Obedience. And that's why every one of you today can walk in it. That's why every one of us can experience
experience it. That's why every one of us today can live with experiences with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you signed up for my weekly devotional email? Every Tuesday, I send out a devotion that will help you grow in your faith. Go to my website, awakentograce.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and when you sign up and submit your email, you'll get a direct message from me every Tuesday. Sign up today at awakentograce.com.